Welcome back to the In The Know, On The Go podcast. Podcast designed to get you across the things that matter in Aussie agribusiness in a way that's just bloody easy to understand. So today I'm sitting down with Tallulah. Tallulah Gorn is the manager of RSPCA Approved Farming Scheme. And we recently did a video called This Is Aussie Ag, Higher Animal Welfare in the Meat Chicken Industry. And it was bloody fascinating. Tallulah, we went um, across barn race, free range, looked at slow ground and traditional birds. And I think off the back of that, we've had a few different people um, reach out. One bloke from Melbourne in my friendship network was actually debating with his wife before the video came out about um, where they should buy uh, chicken from the supermarket because of hormones and things. So actually he had a little aha uh-huh moment, which is really cool to kind of see in here. But firstly, just wanted to check in and see how are you this morning? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Ollie. Can you... um? Can you clarify on the the piece around hormones in chickens? So I think that's something which people often talk about, but are hormones used anywhere in chicken production? No, they're not. So poultry production in Australia doesn't use hormones for, you know, making them grow big or anything else. Um, They are, however, used in beef and pork production. So I think that's where some of the confusion lies. So you might see hormone-free on pork or beef, um, and that's actually quite a valid claim because that means that the animal hasn't been reared with hormones. But when we see it on chicken meat labelling, it's actually a little bit meaningless because no chickens in Australia are given hormones. Um, but that label is used because consumers are looking out for it. But it actually isn't any different for any chicken meat that's on the shelf from Australia. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's a piece of, I guess, it is just literally marketing and it's a piece of trying to help consumers go, oh, that's the product I want. Yeah, but it's almost like greenwashing because it's sort of showing that that product's potentially better than the other products. But actually, if it's all Australian and fresh chicken meat, then it's all, you know, hormone free. So that's not really a label to be looking at in terms of um, chicken meat, but definitely on pork and beef. Yeah, it's a more meaningful label there. I think what we might do is have a bit of a squeeze into just the numbers around that um, for, for beef and pork. But we'd love to know... RSPCA-approved farming scheme is obviously about lifting higher animal welfare across Aussie farms. How much of the chicken industry is farmed under these high welfare standards, whether it's RSPCA or otherwise? Yeah, so in Australia, now over 80% of meat chickens are produced to our standard um, by farms and going through abattoirs that we assess and certify. So that's a huge success for our program and for the meat chicken industry in terms of being meeting a high welfare standard. Um, definitely globally, there's lots of commitments to do better for meat, chicken welfare. Um, but Australian producers, they're already well on the way with improvements by uptake of our program and standards. Um, in Australia, there are some other programs out there around quality assurance or the environment around meat, chicken production, um, but none are necessarily focused on meat, chicken welfare like our program is. And so on that, more than 80%, you say, is under RSPCA. So... What is the difference between RSPCA-approved versus general production? Yeah, so general production, when you look at the current legislation, is actually could be quite a poor life for these animals. So they can be really highly stocked, often then they're on very poor litter quality, so it might be quite damp and wet, which can lead to burns and blisters. Um, there's no requirement for any kind of enrichment. They don't need perches, which we require to improve their leg health. Um, the lights can be on and sheds, you know, 24 hours of the day, quite dim, just to keep them awake, eating, but not really moving very much and not being very active. 
Um, and for general sort of free-range production, there's actually very little to ensure that the outdoor area is appealing for the birds to actually venture out into. Um, so very low legislation standards. Um, and also the other thing to consider about general production is there's no regular compliance or monitoring from the government in terms of animal welfare. Um, producers might implement their own quality assurance programs. But really, when it comes to animal welfare, there's actually a huge gap in third-party assurance across, you know, most of the livestock sectors, um, aside from RSPC approved, which is obviously focused on that. So in terms of meat chicken um, production, our standard really focuses on ensuring they have a good quality of life, um, an environment that meets their needs, um, and that includes many hundreds of requirements relating to the litter, light, enrichment, their stocking density, their slaughter. So we actually have 312 requirements for when they're on farm and 109 at slaughter. Um, but, you know, it's not just about the standard. It's also about our assessment frequency, which is much higher than any other farm assurance program. We assess Michigan farms two to four times a year um, and abattoirs annually, along with unscheduled assessments, which we can do at random whenever we like, pretty much. And is that something you guys are exercising and doing pretty actively, the random assessments? So during COVID, we didn't uh, for fairly obvious reasons. It was pretty hard to just throw random assessments and send people to random places um, with yep. all the restrictions. But certainly since we've come out of the lockdowns and changes to the borders, we are starting to do them a little bit more now. So um, definitely even just before Christmas, we had, I think, two or three um, where those meat producers, I believe they were given a 12-hour notice, um, which some people may say is not unscheduled, but there's not much you can do to improve things in 12 hours in a shed of 40,000 birds. So, um, yeah, we pretty much rock up, do our assessment like we normally would, but they've had little to no time to prepare. A question, and I think you, well, you've partly answered it just around RSPCA's coverage of the slaughter and processing point of production, but in terms of if a if a processing facility isn't RSPCA approved, can that product, even though if it's been farmed under RSPCA standards, can it be qualified and, and marked as RSPCA approved when it's being sold? No, because the standard includes the whole life. So from placement on farm, so when those chicks arrive on the farm, right through to when they're slaughtered. So um yeah, we're looking at that whole lifetime of that animal and the slaughter because that's a really crucial part. And including that is before the slaughter, the transport even. So how are they being caught, loaded up, transported, unloaded at the abattoir, and then going and moving through the abattoir to that stunning system and then killed. Um, and then beyond that, most of our standards are more related around the traceability of that animal than going through to that product so that when that logo is on chicken meat, that is something that we've actually had oversight over. Um, so yeah, and I guess the only other key thing in our slaughter requirements other than handling stunning efficacy or the rest of it is around CCTV and making sure that there are, is CCTV in abattoirs so that there's a constant monitoring of live animals. A few other questions we had, and they're probably slightly more skewed towards the actual animals. So um, one message we got was, asking why in the video some of the birds actually had feathers missing. Is that normal and why were they like that? Um, so the feathers aren't actually missing. They're just quite young animals still. So meat chickens, when they're chicks, you know, they're small, fluffy, very cute little feathers. They then grow adult feathers. 
um, when meat chickens go to slaughter, there are, you know, 30, 40, maybe 50 days. Um, mm. That's still actually quite a young animal and they still haven't got a full adult feather coverage like your backyard chicken might have that's, you know, five years old or whatever. Um, so it's not that they're missing feathers. They just actually haven't grown all of them yet. Um, that is a little bit different in the egg industry where you might see layer hens that, you know, are 50 plus weeks old and they might be missing some feathers. That can be from injurious feather pecking from other birds. And that's why in the egg industry, layer hens do have their beaks trimmed so that when they do feather peck each other, they don't hurt each other or become cannibalistic. But in the meat chicken industry, because those birds are being slaughtered, essentially when they're still a baby, we don't need to beak trim them because they don't get to that stage in life where they start feather pecking each other. Um, it's all about sexual maturity as well. So yeah, essentially they're not missing. They're actually just quite young animals still. Well, ask, is that beak trimming piece, is that painful for the animals? Um, it definitely can be, and there's different ways that it can be done. So the most, I guess, humane method there is out there is with infrared technology. Um, it can be done with a hot blade and that's definitely more painful. Um, but it's weighing it up against the animal welfare impact. If you were to let a flock of hens basically peck each other and become cannibals, that's, you know, a negative animal welfare outcome. So that's one, a really tricky area for the egg industries to manage because ultimately, yes, it'd be really good to move away from beak trimming. Um, but there's quite little research or, um, well, there is plenty of research, but there's not really any concrete conclusions about the best way to manage large commercial flocks without beak trimming. So it is seen as, yes, that might be an invasive and painful procedure for a short amount of time, but the benefit outweighs it in that scenario. Um, so yeah, there's lots of examples where there's husbandry procedures done to farm animals to have a benefit. Sometimes that benefit um, outweighs why you would do it and then other times there's reasons why we should actually move away from that procedure because it's actually a better way of doing things it's just implementing it on the ground coming back towards our meat chickens uh question yeah. was around do the do farms use antibiotics or other drugs on those chickens yeah so antibiotics are used um in conjunction with an antimicrobial stewardship plan which is a requirement of our standard so this really focuses on antibiotics only being used under veterinary advice um, and not using classes that are deemed high or medium importance for human health. So it's really important for meat chicken welfare um, to treat animals when they're sick. So that's therapeutic use of antibiotics. Um, and then in Australian meat chicken production, coccidiostats are routinely used to prevent infections with protozoa, um, which includes a disease called coccidiosis, which can be fatal to meat chickens. Um, so that kind of antibiotic use is known as prophylactic use um, because the antibiotics are being given preventatively in anticipation of potential sickness. Um, but certainly some meat chicken producers are actually moving away from using those antibiotics and using vaccination programs instead because, again, consumers are concerned about high use of antibiotics because of antimicrobial resistance. Um, so that's something that we'll definitely probably see more on in the future. Okay. I'll well, watch this space and have a little bit more of a look as different things pop up. Yeah. A couple other questions that we had were, one was around, um, there are a couple of instances in our video where the chickens, are kind of sitting down and their legs are outstretched and it looks a little bit awkward. So what's actually going on there? Yeah. So the best way I can describe this is like 
you know, if you're lying in bed and you're a bit hot and you stick your leg out from under the covers to cool down, um, or maybe you're a bit uncomfortable sitting on the sofa and yeah, you might stick your leg out or whatever. It's quite just normal resting behavior for chickens. So they will do that just to rest. Um, sometimes it can be an indicator of an issue, but under our standard, we do require very regular welfare checks on farms that we work with, which means that if there is a bird with an injury or a leg issue, um, they can be identified and managed accordingly with the standard. Um, and the other thing about our standard, which is working to improve leg health is having perches. So by having perches, birds are getting up and down and they're actually increasing the muscle and bone leg, uh, leg health. Um, so we see far less instances of having those problems than in a conventional system. Awesome. Well, I think that was really it from the video, but I think as probably time goes on, there'll be other questions and interests and, and things to pop up. So what we might do is lean back on you guys as we share more of the videos and short parts of yeah the different parts of the video, both free range and um, traditional and in the barn. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. And... If anyone wants any more information, we'll include a link to the RSPCA approved farming scheme for you. Thanks, Delola. Thanks. Alrighty, another episode done. Thank you to this week's In The Know expert for letting us pick their brains and answering all of our questions. And thanks to you for listening and coming along on this learning journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow In The Know On The Go podcast on your favourite streaming platform so you can stay in the know on the go. Catch you next time.